We've all seen it. Lives changed in ways that we never imagined were possible. Yet after we see the transformation take place, we instantly recognize the cause. I'm talking about the the situation where we just smile and say, a baby changes everything. The immature husband who spent all his time playing video games turns into this focused young man who works hard, gets up early, and provides all that his family needs. The scatterbrained young wife who only cared about her next outfit suddenly becomes the most dedicated, sacrificing, and caring mother you have ever seen. The couple who spend all their time pretty much doing their own thing, busy filling their time with with travel and entertainment, become the most powerful, in-sync, unified team, fully dedicated to caring for their child. A baby changes everything. A little over 2,000 years ago, a baby was born that split eternity in two. We date our calendars by his entrance into the world. Every event in history is acknowledged as either happening before or after his birth. This baby changed everything. Eternal promises were fulfilled. Eternal destinies were confirmed. Eternal truths were solidified. We're starting a new sermon series called A Baby Changes Everything, where we'll look at the changes that took effect as a result of this particular baby coming into the world. Of course, we're talking about the Christ child, the the promised Messiah, the one of whom Paul, the apostle, said, came into the world to save sinners. And we're going to do this with the intent to build up our level of trust in not only the Christ, but in our God who sent him into the world to live out the gospel plan for each and every single one of us. To do this, we're going to be looking at what the Apostle John had to say in just the first chapter of his biography of Jesus. So go ahead and turn in your Bibles to uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, and we're going to read through the first nine verses as we look at how this baby changed everything by bringing light to the world. John, chapter 1, starting in verse 1. The Bible says this, "...in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. Now, this passage of Scripture is not one of your typical, uh, quote-unquote, birth of Jesus passages. In fact, it's not about the birth of Jesus. But by the time you come to verse 9 here, John does specify that this word, this life that was the light of men, came into the world. And so I want us to to look at this, realizing that this one whom the Apostle John is referring to, and whom John the Immerser testified of, this very special one who is, was, and always will be, came into the world, came into our world. He came here. So, yes, as we read this, we we see and we acknowledge, and we'll talk about it some more, the, the fact that the Word, Jesus, was always the light. But when the Word was made incarnate, The light literally came to planet Earth to literally walk among us as one of us. John chapter 1 verse 14 tells us that this word, who is also described as the light in this first chapter, this word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
These opening verses in the very first chapter of the Gospel of John are really an introduction to all that the Apostle John is going to tell us about the life and work of Jesus. So, you know, it should come as no surprise to us that later we read direct quotes from Jesus that support what John has said about Jesus in just this first introductory chapter of his Gospel. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In John chapter 9, verse 5, Jesus said, While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. In John chapter 12, verse 46, Jesus said, I have come as light into the world, so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. The light of the world, the light of the world, the light of the world. It's like Jesus wanted his creation to know this. Christ illumined so much for us. We were in darkness and we would remain in darkness if there had not been born for us in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A baby changes everything. And one of the major effects of Jesus' birth, one of the major effects Jesus' birth had on this world was that now the, the true light had literally come to the earth in the form of a living, breathing human being, even born of a woman. I want to very quickly walk us through three points that, that John makes in his first chapter about Jesus bringing light to the world. The first light-related point that John makes is that Jesus was and is the life light. Not life flight, life light. In verse 4, John wrote, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, by my count, the Apostle John, just in his gospel account, used this word for life 36 times. And in 17 of those instances, the word has been specifically modified with the adjective eternal. And obviously, in many of those other instances, even where the word eternal doesn't appear, the context dictates that eternal life is what is either being discussed or it's a situation where it has a, a double meaning of sorts, life now and eternal life to come. The Apostle John seemed to really like to shine a spotlight on the fact that Jesus was the source of life. In Jesus is life, and this life was the light of men. That's quite a nice light, don't you think? You've got lights that shine and help you see and help you find things. How'd you like to have a light that gives you life? John was not only, or Jesus was not only involved in the creation of all things seen and unseen, but he also gave it life. And the life that he gives certainly includes eternal life. In John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. You see, Jesus always was the source of life and light. He, he was lighting things up before, uh, long before he ever came to planet earth, our text in John chapter one, verse four said in him was life and the life was the light of men. Now in the original Greek, that's written in the imperfect tense, meaning continued action in past time. Jesus was the light and the effect of him being the light continued on and continues on even to this day. We have a, a good example of this pre-incarnate Christ uh, doing this, lighting things up, when he um, illuminated the prophets in the Old Testament, which in turn illuminated all of Israel. First Peter chapter 1, verses 10 and 11 says, As to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them 
was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. So here you have the Spirit of Christ predicting the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. He was lighting up the world through the prophets even before he was ever here on planet Earth. And did you catch what the prophets were were prophesying of? Salvation, right? The, The grace that would come, it says. Here is the life, the light of men. And this life light came to earth and revealed himself in human form, taking on the burden of our sin debt, taking the punishment of God's wrath, dying on the cross for you and me. And the scriptures say, in him we have redemption through his blood, the the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Now we can benefit from him as the life light because he came in the flesh. He could pay our debt with his blood because he came in the flesh. A baby changes everything. So we see that Jesus was the light in a life-giving way, and he's also the light in a darkness-dispelling way. Verse 5 said, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The light has always dispelled darkness. Okay? Jesus is the light, the source of that which dispels darkness. And though he has ascended to the Father, his light still shines. Literal physical light exposes darkness, right? We, we kind of understand how this works. Sometimes we'll say that, uh, the, that darkness is just the absence of light, right? We, we understand it this way. When it's dark and you don't want it to be, uh, when it's dark and you don't know what's under the darkness, when you want to know what's going on or what really exists, maybe you can see some of it, but maybe you can't uh, see all of it, maybe just enough to guess what it might be, what do you do? You get light, right? You bring in the light. You shine a light at the dark area, at the darkness that you want to dispel, or you turn on a light in a room that dispels all of the darkness. Well, then what? Well, then you know exactly what's in the room. You know exactly what is and what is not going on, right? The goodness of Jesus, the the righteousness of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the holiness of Jesus, it all exposes the darkness, His rightness testifies in and of itself against the darkness. Do you understand how that works? Like, like you know how sometimes just by doing the right thing, you condemn others? You don't mean to. You don't do it on on purpose. You do the right thing, and your rightness just creates this contrast that proves others to be in the wrong. Well, Jesus is the light that contrasts against the darkness. He's the standard. You want to know what's right? Hold it up to Jesus. If it's not up to his standard, it's darkness. And so he is the light that dispels darkness. Like turning the light on, when Jesus came, darkness was instantly exposed. And so it's no surprise that so many opposed him. So many took offense to him. So many wanted to kill him. As John put it here in verse 5, the darkness did not comprehend it. The darkness hates the light. The darkness struggles against the light, fights against the light, but the light always overcomes the darkness. This darkness-dispelling light came to this earth, his earth, in human form, being born just in one little tiny corner of the world that he himself created to become part of his creation. And do you know what he said while he was here? He said, we are the light. We are to be the light. We are to to reflect the sun, you might say. That's capital S-O-N. We're to be a reflection of the Son of God. We're to be this darkness-dispelling force here on earth today, you guys. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, Jesus said, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand. 
and gives light. It gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Jesus lit our lamps, and he doesn't intend for us to keep his light under a basket. We're to shine the light before men so that they'll see our goodness, recognize the contrast between the light and the darkness, and choose the light. Choose to glorify the Father in heaven. Church, this is really practical. This isn't just some clever analogy. Jesus said, do this. This is a command. Do good works. Shine the light. Go out and be someone who dispels darkness just like Jesus. Don't sit around and watch the movies the world watches. Don't listen to the music the world listens to. Don't talk like the world. Don't be consumed by the world's obsessions. Don't make sports your life. Don't make hunting your life. Don't make fear your life. Get yourself out there and shine the light. There's a command from Jesus. That's a command right there from Jesus. Go do good. A baby changes everything. Has he changed much in your life? Jesus came as the life light. Jesus came as the darkness dispelling light. And as John indicates for us in verse 9, he came as the light enlightening everyone. Verse 9 said, There was the true light which, coming into the world, enlightens every man. Jesus, coming to earth, shed the final and full light on God's plan to save mankind from his sin. If we were going to compare Jesus to a a literal light, he would be something like a floodlight. Okay, it's not a perfect analogy, but just go with me here. Okay, there there are flashers on cars. There are you know other small flashing lights that maybe you put on bicycles. You know, let people know that someone or something is there, but you can't really make out exactly what or who it is just by these little lights. Okay, You, you can't see the details. There are flashlights that, you know, when pointed in the right direction, you can view certain areas and make out certain details. You know, I guess it's better than not having any light at all. But Jesus is like a floodlight that that illuminates everything. You get caught in a floodlight and you're completely exposed, right? There's a reason people use them as security lights on their homes. When you're not sure what's outside, you want to flood the whole area with light. You want to know every single thing that's out there. You want to be certain of the situation. You don't want to think you know. You want a a floodlight to show you exactly what's going on so you know you know. Well, Jesus illuminated the master's master plan. The, the gospel. In fact, he lived it out. The gospel story is about him. It's what he did and who he was. By his coming into the world, everyone has been enlightened. Since his birth, his death on the cross, his resurrection, the, the world will never be the same, is, is what we're saying here. The facts are in. The evidence was right here on planet earth. The death, burial, and resurrection was not done in a corner. These things happened on the world stage in plain sight. Powerful leaders commissioned his crucifixion. Crowds witnessed it. Hundreds saw his resurrected self. And since then, his life has been recorded as a historical fact. No reasonable scholar or historian disputes that Jesus was a real person who lived and breathed and walked this earth. The evidence is in. He's been here. It's been recorded. He's come and shown us the Father. He's come and shown us the way to the Father. He is the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. But some people reject the light. They reject what he's brought to the world. They reject any benefit of being enlightened. I don't mean to make anybody feel uncomfortable, but the best way that I can explain it is with this comparison. You know when the doctor tells you what's wrong and the doctor tells you how to fix it, but you don't really want to do what the doctor says it's going to take? You're rejecting the doctor's prescription. And you know what else we have a habit of doing? Justifying it. Pretending to doubt or even disbelieve it. 
you start things, you start saying things like, well, you know, my, my grandpa ate 10 strips of bacon every morning. Grandma cooked with lard and they both smoked a pack a day and they never took any medicine and they lived pretty long lives. It's even sadder when people do this with the light of the world. He's enlightened us. He's revealed in himself the mysteries of the Old Testament. We know who our Savior is. We know how he saved us. And we know what he requires of us. He, coming into the world, enlightens every man. Are you living up to the enlightenment that he brought? Have have you surrendered your life, your whole self to him? Are you living that way each and every day? A baby changes everything, or so he should. When a beautiful child is born in this world, deserving of all the love and the attention that a new set of parents can possibly give, there's nothing more disappointing, nothing more heartbreaking than seeing those same parents neglect this child. In this Christmas season, we celebrate the light coming into the world. We celebrate the fact that a baby changed everything. And when we give him the love and the attention he deserves, when we obey the gospel and live faithfully to him and trust him until death, heaven is waiting for us. And of that place, Revelation 22, 5 says, there will no longer be any night and they will not have need of the light of a lamp nor the light of the sun because the Lord God will illumine them and they will reign forever and ever. I want to thank you for listening to this message. And if you have questions about how to become a Christian, how to be saved, how to have a reconciled relationship with God, I want to encourage you to go to our church website, liberty-christian.com. Liberty-christian.com. And in the menu section there, uh, click on the good news. And you will have the good news laid out for you in an easy-to-read format. You can read it there in a text format. You can check it out there in a video format. You can check it out there in a slideshow format. But it's all just the basics, things that God says are life and death. Believe this and live. Do this and be saved. Don't do this and be condemned. Those kinds of things, those things that God makes abundantly clear in his word are necessities, are things that we have to do before we are considered saved in his mind. Those things are laid out for you right there on that page. And if after going through all that, you have further questions, I encourage you to reach out to us and we will give you Bible answers. You can also go to Facebook, Jake Brown Ministry. Reach out to me there with your your Bible questions, your questions about uh, salvation or or anything else. I'm happy uh, to try to help you in your journey.